wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking at a very, very familiar passage of Scripture. You know, we shouldn't have to say that. You know that? It all ought to be familiar, right? But some is much more familiar than others, and this is a very, very familiar uh, Scripture today. Uh, one of my favorite stories in all of the Bible, and I uh, preach uh, uh, many sermons from this. I, one of the reasons I like it is because there's so much sermon material there. Amen. I, that's good for a preacher. But I love the story in Luke chapter number 15 this morning. The book of Luke chapter number 15. And we're going to read verse 11 down through verse 32. A parable, a story that Jesus told. I think it's funny, some people say about a preacher, say, well, ah, he's just a storyteller. Well, that's what they can say about Jesus. <laughs> he's a storyteller. He told a story yes. to illustrate yes. a point. Yes. And nobody could tell a story like Jesus. So let's read the story this morning. Uh, Luke chapter number 15, and we're going to begin reading with verse number 11. Jesus said, a certain man had how many sons? Two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And so he divided to them his livelihood. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country. And there he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate, and no one gave him anything. But when he came to himself, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare? And here I am, I perish with hunger. I'm going to arise. I'm going to go to my father, and I'm going to say to him, Father, Father, I have sinned against heaven, and I've sinned before you. And, and Daddy, I, I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Just let me be like one of your hired servants. So he arose, and, and he came to his father, but, but when he was still a great way off, his father saw him, and his father had compassion, and his father ran and fell on his son's neck and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and I've sinned in your sight and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servant, Bring out the best robe and put on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. And bring the fatted calf here and kill it. And let us eat and let us be merry. You see, you see, this my son was dead and he's alive again. He was lost and he is found. And they all began to be merry. Now his older son was in the field. And he came and he drew near to the house and, and he heard music and he heard dancing and so he called one of the servants and he asked one of those servants, what in the world is going on? What do these things mean? Servant said to him, said, said, your brother has come. And because he has received him safe and sound, your father, your father has killed the fatted calf. And everybody's happy and excited and thrilled. Your little brother is home. 
Verse 28, but he was angry. And he would not go in. Therefore his father came out and pleaded with him. So he answered and he, he said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours came, the son of yours who has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you have killed the fatted calf for him. And the father said, son, you're always with me. And all that I have is yours. It was right that we should make merry and be glad. You see, your brother was dead. Far as I knew, he was dead. But he's alive again. He was lost. Now he's found. I don't know what you see there. But I see a portrait of grace. Father, I thank you today for this incredible, incredible story. Thank you for this beautiful portrait, this incredible picture of, uh, of the grace of Almighty God. God, help us to embrace the grace that you have provided for us. Let your anointing rest upon the message and upon the messenger, Lord, today, upon the ears of the hearer today. And may we respond appropriately today. We ask all of these things for the glory of the Lord. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. I've already stated it, but let me say again that, that, that in our text today, in the story, Jesus paints a beautiful word picture of grace. The father in this story offered grace to both of his sons. You see, 90% of, of preaching focuses upon the, the prodigal or focus upon the younger son in this story. And oh, what a, what a beautiful story of restoration that, that the story of the prodigal son is. If you look closely this morning, in reality, the, the older son needed just as much grace from his father as his runaway little brother did. So I want us to take a picture this morning. I want us to take a peek this morning in, into the hearts of both of these boys. And also into the heart of the father. There are two things that I want to call our attention to as we look at this story this morning. The first thing I want us to notice today is the contrast. I want us to notice the contrast. Again, verse 11, a certain man had two sons. And as we look at both of these boys in this story, we will see an incredible contrast. And let me just share what they are this morning and follow along with me and fill in the blanks of your notes that are on the back of your bulletin today. The contrast. Let me suggest, first of all, the younger son was rebellious. He was rebellious, verse 12 and, and verse 13. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. And so his father divided to them his livelihood. 
And not many days after that, the younger son gathered everything together and he journeyed into a far country and there he wasted. He wasted his possessions with prodigal living. The younger son was rebellious. Perhaps, I don't know, it's a parable we... We have a lot of latitude here this morning, but just think along with me this morning. Perhaps, perhaps this younger son, perhaps this prodigal boy, perhaps he was tired of of daddy's rules and tired of daddy's way of thinking. Daddy was perhaps just too old a school for his way of thinking. I don't know, but... I see this daddy, I see this father, the father, the daddy was probably pretty serious in his thinking. He he probably demanded work before play. He probably expected his boys to rise very early in the morning and, and to work until the sun came down in the evening. His father, I, I, I imagine he, he probably paid all of his bills first. And then he saved some next. And only then did he spend upon himself. You, you know, old school kind of thinking. The younger son had fun on his mind. Man, party hardy, live a little. Oh, oh, sow some wild oats. Oh, oh, let your hair down. Live for today. The younger son rebelled. Give me my inheritance and give it to me now, he said to his father. Notice the contrast. The younger son was rebellious. I see the older son was responsible. Verse 25, now his older son was in the field. Where was he? The older son was in the field. While the younger son was away partying, the older son was at home working in his father's field. He was responsible. He did not run away from home. He did not run away from the Father and leave all the work to those left behind. He continued to get up every single morning. He continued to put in his time. He continued to pull his fair share of the load. He continued to live by his Father's rules. Another contrast I see, the younger son was was reckless. He was reckless, verse 13 and and 14. Not many days after the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and he wasted his possessions with prodigal living. But when he had spit all, there arose a severe famine in the land. He began to be in want. Notice three, these three phrases in these verses. He wasted his possessions. Prodigal living. Spent all. The younger son was, was reckless. He spent every single, every single dime that his father had given him. He spent it on wine, women, and song. Anything that his flesh craved, he satisfied. He withheld not one single desire from himself. He didn't save a dime. He didn't invest a dime. He didn't do anything smart at all 
possession that he had given to him by his father. And let me, let me just pause and just throw this in for good measure as we, as we walk through here this morning. Let me just ask you this morning, what are you doing with what, with what your heavenly Father has given you? What are you doing with the time, the talent, and the treasure that, 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 that your heavenly Father has deposited into your life? Notice the contrast. The younger son was reckless. On the other hand, the older son was reliable. Verse 31, the father said to the older son, son, you are, you are always, you're always with me. Amen. Son, you're reliable. Son, I know I can count on you. You didn't run off. You didn't desert me. You, you, you didn't leave me with all of the work. You have been and I know you always will be with me. I can count on you. You're reliable. Can God say that about us? Can God say to us, you're always with me. Others come and others go. Others are up and others are down. But you're reliable. You're the one I can count on. I talked to Pastor Braden while we were gone. I talked to him about Sunday. and I said, I got the numbers from the deacons. Man, the numbers were really, really low. He said, yeah, Pastor, he said, the, most of the regulars weren't here. I said, well, that's good. Amen. That's good, because they'll be back. <laughs> it's okay then. It helps me. It's okay. The regulars weren't there, because I know the regulars, and I know they're reliable. I can count on them. I know they'll be back. That's what the father said to, the, to his older son. Son, you're always with me. You're the reliable boy. You're the one I can count on. You're my go-to son. I know I can count on you. Can God say that about us? Or are we more like the prodigal? Do we come and go from the father? Or can the father count on us to be there through thick and through thin? Another contrast, the younger son was repentant. Verse 21, the younger son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned in your sight and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Yes, the younger son rebelled. Yes, the younger son was reckless. Yes, the younger son literally broke his father's heart and brought much gray hair to his head. No doubt the father prayed a million prayers for his lost boy. No doubt the father's pillow was wet with tears every night as he mourned for his lost son. No doubt the father... Walked the floor many times at night, unable to sleep, thinking, where is my son? Where is my boy? And what is he doing? And what has happened to him? Maybe periodically he would get news from somebody. Somebody would go to that far country where his son was, and they would see, and they would see how his son was living, and they would come back and tell the father and say, I saw your boy, and this is what he was doing. Oh, how that broke the father's heart. One day, 
The boy came to himself. One day the light came on in his head. And it dawned on him what a fool he had become. Oh, one day, not until he hit rock bottom. But one day after he had hit rock bottom, one day in a state of bankruptcy, he he took a look around at his condition and he said to himself, Self, self, you played the part of a fool. Self, you have shipwrecked your life. And he said to himself, Old school's not all bad. (laughs) Daddy was a lot smarter than I thought he was. Oh, Daddy's ways make a whole lot more sense to me now. He said to himself, I messed up. And he said to himself, but my father's lowest servant has it better than I do. I'm going to go home and I'm going to repent and I'm going to beg my father for mercy. That's exactly what the younger son did. But notice the contrast. While the younger son was repentant, coming home and crying out to his father and falling upon the mercy of his father and asking his father for forgiveness. While the younger son was repentant, The older son was resentful. Verse 29 and 30. The older son said to his father, Lo, these many years I have been serving you. I never transgressed your commandment at any time. And yet you never gave me a young goat that I might make merry with my friends. But as soon as this son of yours comes home, your son that has devoured your livelihood with harlots, you kill the fatted calf for him. You know the story. The prodigal returns and everybody is happy. There's music. There's dancing. There's there's feasting. There's rejoicing. Everybody is happy. Everybody except the older brother. Big Brother isn't happy at all. Big Brother refuses to enter into all of the festivities. Not only is Big Brother not happy, he is very resentful. He asks his father, where's my party? Where's my party? Hey, Dad, do I have to go away and squander all your money on prostitutes and drunkards and come home broke? Is that what it takes to get your attention, Dad? Is that what it'll take for you to throw a party for me? Let me ask you a question this morning. Have you ever been resentful towards God? Have you ever felt like God played favorites? The Bible says he's no respecter of person, but boy, sometimes I wonder. Come on. 
Has it ever crossed your mind or entered into your heart that He blessed others while ignoring you? Have you ever been jealous of one of your brothers or one of your sisters? Have you ever coveted the life of somebody else? Have you ever thought, God, God, why are you blessing so and so so much? What about me, God? What about me? I've been faithful. I've been dependable. I've never run away from you, God. God, isn't it about time for my party? When when do I get a party? Isn't it about time for me to get some recognition? For me to be rewarded? The older son said to his father, This son of yours! He doesn't even call him his brother. This son of yours, this low down, good for nothing son of yours, he squanders what we all worked our behinds off to get. He comes home in disgrace. He has shamed you and our family name and you throw a party for him? This is what I want us to get this morning. This is where I want us to get, what I want us to get. A portrait of grace. Yes, the prodigal needed grace, but so did the older brother. And friend, all of us here today desperately need God's grace. Whether we are more like the rebellious, reckless younger son or whether we are more like the resentful, bitter, angry older son, in either case, grace is desperately needed. All right, we've talked about the contrast. Now let's talk a little bit about the consistency. You see, as much as I see a contrast in this story, I also see a consistency. First of all, I want to talk about the consistency of the two sons. There was a consistency in the two sons. Even though outwardly it looks like they are miles apart, and outwardly and just reading it, it looks like they are opposites, and I'm sure they are. And yet, in some ways, they're exactly alike. Let me suggest, first of all, they were both selfish. They were both selfish. The younger son didn't want to wait for his inheritance. Give me what what I want and give it to me now. The older son didn't want to lose any of his. The younger son said to his father, I I want mine now. The older said to his father, your your younger son has squandered his inheritance and now that he he has nothing left, he's come back for mine. Have you ever felt the way either of these two sons did? Have you ever thought, God, heaven sounds good. 
But can I have some of my reward now? Hey, hey, hey God, why, why don't you downsize my heavenly mansion just a little bit? Take the difference and send it to me now. Or perhaps your thoughts have been more in line with that of Big Brother. God, I really thought life would be a little easier by now. I I really think that perhaps I'm more deserving of your appreciation and your attention. My brothers and my sisters seem to be blessed more than me. And the way I see it, I'm more deserving of your blessing than they are. Hey God, where's my party? Where's my party? I know that we would never say something like that out loud. But with our selfish natures that we were all born with, this thought has had to be in our minds at some point in time. Thoughts like, why did the church elect them as a deacon instead of me? They knew how they were and how I am. They would have got me. <laughs> Why did pastor ask them to serve on such and such a committee? Why did he overlook me? Why, why, why don't the boss recognize me and, and my value to the company? Oh, he's talking about Bill and George. I'm so tired of hearing about <laughs> Bill and George. When is he ever going to recognize my value? She's dating him? And she told me no? Really? Get her eyes examined. Obviously, she doesn't know what a hunk I am. Sad truth is, whether, whether we most resemble that of the prodigal or that of the older brother, the consistency is we are all selfish. Every last one of us. Another consistency I see in the boys was not only were they both selfish, they were also both sinful. Yeah, they were. Now, now the younger son's sin was outward. The older son's sin was in here. The prodigal, his sins was out there, man, for everybody to see. Oh, he didn't hide his sin from anybody. The drinking, the 
partying, the prostitutes. His sin was outward. Oh, oh, you could see it in his actions. Oh, you could smell it on his breath. Oh, you could see it in the lines on his face. And he comes home a hopeless disgrace. But he wasn't the only sinner in this family. Oh, yes, yes, big brother stayed home. Yes, yes, big brother continued to work for his father. Oh, big brother didn't do any of the wicked, degrading, vile things that his little brother did. But big brother allowed his heart to grow cold towards his father. And he allowed resentment and bitterness to build a nest in his heart. Outwardly, it appears that all is well. Sorry about the young one, but aren't you glad you got this older one here? Man, he's... Man, sorry your boy, other, about your other boy, but... Well, outwardly, it appears that the older son, everything was well, but inwardly, that's a different story. And let me just get right out to the edge this morning. We come in here on Sunday morning and outwardly we look really good. We know how to walk, talk. We know how to put on the face. We know the right words to say. We know how to play the game. And we're quick to bash those Wretched sinners out there. (laughs) But for many, if only you could see inside their heart. The bitterness. The anger. The resentment. To look inside their minds and see the evil thoughts. Let me suggest three of the many things that was eating on, on Big Brother. First one, jealousy. He's jealous of all the attention that his little brother is receiving. And then there's bitterness. All that I've done around here for you, Dad. You never threw a party for me. And pride. I, 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 he says... I've served, I've worked, I've kept your loss, I've been faithful, I've been dependable, I've been reliable, I, 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 I. We're talking about the consistency. The consistency of the sons. They were both selfish, they were both sinful. And notice now the consistency of the father. The father was consistent with both boys. He was consistent, first of all, with his gifts. Verse 12, he divided to them his livelihood. See, I read that for years and never saw the word them. See, I think most people think in this story that 
that the younger son comes and says to his father, I want my stuff. And the father gives him his stuff and he takes it and goes. What the story actually says is, is the younger son came to his father and said, Hey, dude. Daddy-o. I want my stuff. But the Bible says that he divided unto them. When he gave the younger son his portion, at the same time, he gave the older brother his portion. Nobody says that, but it's what it says. Amen. Is that what it says? That's what it says. He divided to them. Yeah, it was the younger son's idea. He's the one who asked for his inheritance. But the father didn't just give him his inheritance. He gave both of his sons their inheritance. Verse 12. He divided to them his livelihood. Listen to me, people. Listen, listen. Stop whining and complaining about the gifts that God has given to somebody else. Because God has also given gifts to you. And He might not have given to us all the same gifts, but He has given all of us gifts. Romans 12 and 6 says, In His grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. Nobody has been left out. God is consistent in His gift giving. He has uniquely gifted each one of us with the particular gifts that we will need to fulfill His perfect will for our life. And so whether you have the personality of a bulldog or a basset hound, whether you're a leader or whether you are a follower, whether your work is to be done on stage or whether it is to be done behind the scene, God has left nobody out. He is consistent with His gifts. But not only was the Father in this story consistent with His gifts, he was also consistent with his grace. Notice the grace that he bestows on his younger son, verse 21 through 23. The son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven in your sight. I'm, not, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry. How does the father respond to the repentance of his prodigal boy? He responds with a, with a robe, a ring, and some Reeboks. A robe. Bring, bring the best robe. Why a robe? The man came home naked. He came home dirty, grungy, stinking like pigs. Bring the best robe and put it around him and cover up his nakedness and cover up his shame. Amen. Somebody fails in the church and we want to get on that telephone ministry and tell everybody and get on Facebook and talk about how terrible and how bad it is. And oh man, I mean, wow, wow, wow. What, what does God say? God says, get a robe and cover it up. Cover up his shame. And bring a ring for his hand. Why a ring? 
ring in those days was like branding cattle in our day. You brand cattle today to tell you, you know, this, this bull belongs to Bar J Ranch. This heifer belongs to Bar G Ranch. I mean, you know, the ring on the hand told you whose family you're in. And the father says, he don't look like my son. He looks like a servant. He looks like a slave. Hurry, hurry, hurry. Hurry, get the robe and put it around him. But get the family ring too and put it on his hand. He looks like a slave. I can't stand my boy looking like a slave. He's not a slave. He's a son. Put the ring on his hand so everybody will know who he belongs to. He belongs to me. And get some sandals and put on his feet. Only slaves went barefoot. They went barefoot so they could not run away. If they did run away, they wouldn't run far. I want to make sure my boy stays home this time. Bring the shoes. Give me some shoes on. And I don't want him looking like a slave. Wow, what grace. What grace. But notice the grace he bestows on his older son. Verse 29-31. The older son said to his dad, Dad, all these years I've been serving you. Never transgressed your commandment at any time. You never gave me a party. But as soon as this son of yours comes, who's devoured your livelihood with harlots, you throw a party for him. And the father said to his older, bitter, angry, resentful, Critical son. Son, you're always with me. And all that I have is yours. He deserved a rebuke. He received a reward. Worship team, get back in place very quickly and please keep your attention on me and not on people walking. Our takeaway today, five things. Number one, we're all sinners. Romans Romans 3 and 23 says that all have sinned and, and have failed to measure up to God's standard of righteousness. Let me tell you, you can never measure up to God's standard of righteousness. No matter how good you are, no matter what you do or don't do. All have sinned and have failed to measure up to God's standard of righteousness. So our takeaway today, number one, is we are all sinners. Number two, we are all in need of God's grace. Ephesians 2 and 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works, lest you'd have a reason and a right to boast. We're all sinners. We're all in need of God's grace. Number three, all of us are a mess. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. All of us. Every single one of us. We are a mess. Some are a mess outwardly. They're the easiest to detect. Not hard. And some inwardly. 
Some of us are like the prodigal. And it's just out there for everybody to see. You can smell us and know where we've been. You can look at us. You can listen to us talk. And the words that come out of our mouth, it's, it's just out there. And we know others a little harder to detect. But it's in there. And we're desperately in need of grace. That's why I don't want you to get any preconceived ideas about the grace place. Well, I guess pastor's going to go to the slums and bring them all in here, all those people that need grace. Hey, we got two vans, and if somebody, I'd buy two more. If somebody would go down there and get them, bring them here, wherever there is. Not opposed to that. I, I would empower you. I would, I would, I, I would give you the vehicle. I'd put the gas in it for you. I'd wonderful. A prodigal needs to come home. Don't you dare think that only those on Skid Row or those that are homeless, only the prodigal, is in need of grace. you can go to the most elite place in the Metroplex. And you'll find people desperately in need of grace. The down and out and the up and out. The fourth takeaway this morning is God's grace is available. Yeah, we're all sinners. Yeah, we're all a mess. Yeah, we're all in need of God's grace. Yes, we're all a mess. But the good news is God's grace is available. Titus 2.11, for the grace of God that brings salvation is, is available to all men. The Father's grace was made available to the prodigal, but it was also made available to his older brother, his older son. And the fifth takeaway this morning is God's grace is sufficient saving grace oh we know about saving grace we talk about saving grace we preach about it we sing about it we oh we know about saving grace but oh there's two kinds of grace there's saving grace but there's also sustaining grace saving grace gets us saved sustaining grace keeps us saved saving grace gets us about Sustaining grace keeps us from going back. Sustaining grace is the grace that helps us when we've cried out and cried out and cried out and cried out for God to remove the thorn in the flesh. God says, my grace will sustain you. My grace is sufficient for you. Would you stand with me in the presence of the Lord today? Father, I just pray today that you'll take the word of the Lord that has been shared this morning. God, this morning I know there are prodigals and there are elder brothers in the same room today. And I pray that both prodigal and big brother will be reunited with the Father 
today. Very quickly, every head is bowed and every eye is closed. I need you to respond very, very quickly this morning. You're here today. You're the prodigal. You are the prodigal. You are the prodigal son today, and you know it. You look like the prodigal. You smell like the prodigal. You act like the prodigal. You are the prodigal. The father stands today with his arms outstretched towards you, ready to welcome you and to receive you, to give you the robe and the ring and the shoes today. You're the prodigal, and you know you're the prodigal this morning. I'm going to ask you to do what the prodigal did in this story. He came to himself. He realized where he was at, and he realized he was on a nowhere road. And he made up his mind to go back home. That's you today, and I know that you're here today. By the Holy Spirit, I know that. Right now, get out from the seat where you're at and come to this altar right now and embrace the Heavenly Father. Come home today. Repent today. Be restored today. You're the prodigal today and you know it and you need to come home. I want you to come real quickly. Move right now. Come on. Don't just stand there. Don't stay in the hog swamp today. Don't keep wallowing in the muck and the mire of the pig pen today. Don't keep messing around with sin. You think you're getting by where you may get by with it now, but it's only time. And the Bible says pleasure of sin is just for a little while. Come on. Come on. Come on. Throw that pride aside. that justifying well I'm doing it because no throw it all aside come to yourself and come to this altar this morning and embrace the father come on you're a prodigal and you know it you may be a prodigal son you may be a prodigal daughter but you know you're a prodigal today you need to come home right now right now the father is waiting on you he's waiting he's waiting he's waiting he's waiting he's waiting right now come on come on come on prodigal come home come home Father's not going to beat you. He's not going to beat up on you. He's going to love on you. His grace, unmerited love and favor is waiting on you at this altar. You're a prodigal and you know it. Prodigal, you can respond at any time in this altar call. I'm moving on. prodigals here, you haven't made your move, but you still can. Anytime you're in this altar. Big brother. Big brother, you're here today. Maybe you're a big sister. You're a big brother. You have resentment. You have anger. You have jealousy. You have covetous. All the things we describe, big brothers. Doesn't maybe it may not be on the outside, but it's on the inside. Come on, I'm waiting on you now. You need to respond today. You need to respond today. Thank you. God bless you. Come on, there are others. There are others this morning. There are others. There are many others this morning. Well, what will people think? What? What will the Father think if you do not respond to His incredible, generous grace that He's offering you today? Maybe you aren't full-blown, big brother, today. You just have a tendency. There's just some little little issues going on in your heart. Just little things, little things. Seeds. 
seeds of bitterness, seeds of anger, seeds of whatever it might be this morning. Whatever. Come on. The altar's open for you today. All over this room this morning. All right. In just a moment, I'm going to, all, I'm going to, I'm going to ask everyone to come forward this morning. And let me tell you, just because you didn't respond to my altar call doesn't mean you have to leave here in defeat today. I, I think it's best that you answer the call and you come down front. Let me tell you this morning, whether you answer an altar call or not, what it really is is are you answering the message the Holy Spirit has given you today and are you responding in your heart? I don't need another notch in my belt. I don't need to write down some number of how many can I don't I'm far beyond that. Don't care about that anymore. Numbers I'm talking about in that one. And I think that we've sent a lot of people away without victory because because they didn't respond to our altar call. And so if you don't come, you don't get anything unless you do it my way. Listen, forget that. I, I want you to come. But I want you more than that this morning, I want you to make a change in your heart, in your life, and in your spirit. So I want everyone to come this morning. We're going to spend a couple of moments this morning. We're, we're out of time, but we're going to take some time anyway this morning. Come on, everybody come. And if you should have already come, you go ahead and come this morning and you bring that issue to the Lord. You come this morning. The Father's arms are still outstretched. They're still outstretched. Amen. The Father's grace is still available.